<laughs> He's risen. <laughs> Alive forevermore. Mighty Jesus. Worthy Lamb of God. We worship you and we honor you. No one like you. No one like you. There's no one like you. No one like you. my Savior. He's my healer. He's my deliverer. you've done for your sacrifice for your victory and for the benefits we receive because of the cross we honor you and we declare there's no one like you there's no one like you and we'll love you because you first loved us thank you thank you thank you well thank you worship group hallelujah the last couple of weeks and this week again just speaking around the cross did anyone not get one of these leaflets last week there's still some left this one here anyone not get one here if you didn't get one just pass it out to you know, come and help yourself or whatever before I speak man just going to share something man you want to share I don't know if another mic's gone I think Steve's forgot it somewhere Shout, yeah, just shout. This morning, uh, early, I don't know whether I was awake or asleep, one of those funny places, you know, and I saw or I dreamed that, I, that there were two trees, saplings, young trees, one was upright, one was tall. One was small and bent over. They were very, very close together. There was no distance between them. 
And as I looked, I thought, well, this is something new. I hadn't been there a long time. The wind came and it blew. And the two trees were rocking backwards and forwards and their branches became entangled. As the wind continued to blow, the bark came off of the branches of the, the two trees. And after a period, the two trees became one. There were two trees with two stems, but they become one tree. And so as they stood there, actually the larger tree was giving life to the smaller. The trees then grew. The little tree became more upright and more stable and more vertical because it was nourished by its larger brother. And I looked at this and I thought, how amazing is that? Then as I, as I stood and I watched, the larger tree died. One tree, two trunks, the larger one passed away. The smaller tree became stronger and grew. And God said to me, this was the work of the cross. That Christ our Saviour who died on the tree for us actually gave his life, shed his blood, gave all that he had, that we the ones who were bent over and small could become strong and stand erect. Mm. That because of his death, because of the sacrifice of the larger tree, Thank you. there is that rising up in us and newness of life that comes. Christ, the Son of God, gave himself for us so that we could live. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, it's a very brief recap. You heard all the way back in eternity. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they made this eternal redemption covenant. And they planned then to have a family, to have a bride for Jesus. But they also knew in advance, because they were given free will to mankind, that Jesus would have to come and die. And he'd have to suffer. And Jesus chose willingly to come. Last week we heard about the cross and what happened on the cross. And to understand at a deeper level, because we never fully understand, but to understand at a deeper level that God's holiness had to be satisfied. The holiness and love kissed on the cross. In God's, the fire of God's wrath and the fires of hell were put upon Jesus on the cross. And he took all that and didn't open his mouth until he got to that place where he felt abandoned by his father and he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then he cried out, It is finished. The victory had been won. Jesus paid the price for you and me. And today, we're going to look at some of the benefits of the cross. There was the sacrifice, there was the victory. And today, we're going to look at some of the benefits. And one in particular I want to pick out, I just want to pick out healing because... It's an easy benefit to look at. So I'm just going to read from the Isaiah 53 in the Amplified Bible. The first few verses says this, Who has believed, trusted, and relied upon, and clung to our message of that which was revealed to us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been disclosed? For the servant of God, this is Jesus, grew up before him like a tender plant and like a root out of dry ground. He's no form or comeliness, royal kingly pomp that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected and forsaken by men, a man of sorrows and pains, and acquainted with grief and sickness, and like one, one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we did not appreciate his worth or have any esteem for him. Surely he is born our griefs, our sicknesses, weaknesses and distresses and carried our sorrows and pains. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. He was wounded for our transgressions. 
He was bruised for our guilty iniquities. The chastisement needed to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Because of the cross, because of what Jesus has done. You know, when you just look at some of these verses in Isaiah 55, at the end of the chapter, it says this, For many, the servant of God became an object of horror. Many were astonished at him. His face and his whole appearance were marred more than any man's, and his form beyond that of the sons of men. See, Jesus on the cross at a moment in time was a terrible sight. He was so disfigured with sin and sickness and disease, it was hard to look upon him and recognize him as a man. And Jesus did that for you and for me. Not just so we could be saved, not just so we could be healed, but so we could receive all the benefits that Father God has for us in heaven. Because Jesus paid the price. And there are many, many benefits available to us because of this. One definition of grace is this, to receive benefits we do not deserve because of what Jesus has done. See, if we don't receive the benefits by faith, if we don't take and bow for ourselves what God has provided for us, we are actually undervaluing what Jesus did in the cross. We're undervaluing it. And Jesus paid the price so we can receive all the goodness and all the blessings and all the gifts from heaven. Isn't that good? Because of what Jesus has done. And I think it's important for us that we see them as benefits and not entitlements. See, if we think, you know, some people have got this hard attitude, I'm entitled to this. I think that's a bad attitude. You know, whether it's for healing or anything else, I'm entitled to this. God, because he's such a gracious God, will honor his word. But it's much, much better if we can recognize it as a benefit that Jesus paid the price in order for us to have that benefit because that will, that will do something in our hearts. And when our hearts are filled with love and appreciation, it's much easier for our faith to work because faith works out of love. So it's important that we see all the good things that God has for us as benefits and not entitlements. That's why I use the word benefits. Healing in the Gospels, you know. Healing, as in every area of the Christian life, God is the sovereign Lord God Almighty. No one's got all the answers. Everyone's got questions. No one has all the answers. But... Father God wants us to build our lives upon what His Word reveals to us and not upon someone else's experience, whether that's a good or a bad experience. He wants us to build our lives upon His Word. And when it comes to healing, you know, someone says, well, my Auntie Mary, whatever died or whatever it is, therefore healing isn't true. Now, we've got to build our lives upon what the Word says and not someone else's experience. It's so important for us. And the other thing about this is, it seems to me that everyone wants healing to be like a perfect doctrine so that every sick person that we pray for gets healed instantly. Well, we live in an imperfect world. 
If we treated the doctrine of salvation like that, we would stop preaching salvation. When we preach salvation, everyone doesn't get saved. So when we preach healing, everyone might not get healed. But we still keep preaching salvation. We should still keep preaching healing because it's part of the gospel of Jesus Christ and it's in the Bible. So we've got to build our lives and preach what's in the Bible, not upon someone else's experience or upon our feelings on a particular day. We build our lives upon the Word of God. We've got to go for it. You know, we might not get to that place where you get a church where there's, there's no one sick in the church, but brothers and sisters, my challenge and encouragement is this. Let's not settle the way we are. Let's move on a little bit. Press into the good things because Jesus paid the price. And they're now available to us. And when we talk about healing as well, we're talking about wholeness. See, Jesus paid the price on the cross for the whole man to be made whole. Our spirit, soul, and body, we're not just talking about physical healing, we're talking about spiritual healing, healing of our emotions, our mind, as well as our bodies. We're actually talking as well about healing of relationships. It's the wholeness, the full of healing is what we're talking about. Because Jesus paid the price to make that possible. See, we're all on a journey to wholeness. There's none of us there yet. None of us are whole and none of us will be whole till Jesus returns we get a resurrection body. My, I'm looking forward to that, are you? Hey, I mean, maybe you're quite happy with yours, but I could do with something else. I'm looking forward to that when I'm going to be whole in spirit, soul, and body. A perfect physical specimen. <laughs> hey. 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 Oh, some of you ladies are perfect spiritual Oh, physical specimen, eh? Well, a lot of you ladies happy your bodies now. Are you? Oh, that's good. I didn't expect anyone to say yes to that, to be honest. I mean, none of us are completely happy with our bodies, are we? You keep quiet. I mean... Everyone wishes a little bit taller, a little bit shorter, a little bit of more muscles or less muscle, whatever it is. But when Jesus returns and we get our resurrection bodies, wow, perfect physical specimens. Like I've told you before, I believe we're all going to be 33-year-old and living vegetables, okay? That's it. They didn't eat meat in the garden. I've got a scripture for it. Adam and Eve didn't eat meat. So I believe that. If you don't like cabbage, now I'd start practicing if I was you. Jesus in the Gospels, he also healed all who came to him. See, when people went to Jesus, they went to him in faith because they'd heard the good news about what he was doing. So when they went to Jesus to get healed, they expected to get healed. See, the problem that we've got sometimes is we come to the front on a Sunday morning and we're just hoping something happens. Well, so do I, but it might not. We've got to honor Jesus and look to him and recognize that healing was made possible because on the cross he conquered the power of sickness. Therefore, healing is available to us because of what Jesus has done. And I've got a little thing I'm going to get you to repeat afterwards. 
Jesus healed all who came to him. He didn't turn anyone away and say, it's not your time, I'll get your life sorted out first. And I believe lots of people that went to Jesus must have had sin in their lives and, and maybe a few minor issues. And sometimes God does speak to us as part of the healing process about sorting some things out in their lives. But that's not what we focus on. We try to focus on getting people to a place where they're in faith so they can receive their healing. That's what we focus upon. For people to believe it's the Father's will as well as the will of Jesus and the will of the Holy Spirit for us to be healed. You see, some people think Jesus wants to heal us, but the Father doesn't. Well, the Trinity are one. Jesus revealed the Father's will. Otherwise, he wouldn't have healed one single sick person when he walked upon planet Earth. He revealed the Father's will. In Hebrews, it says about Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. If Jesus Christ was alive today, and he is, he's just not here physically. If Jesus walked in here today and you were sick, he'd heal you. He would. Well, he is in here today. He's just not in the form you're used to. He's in me. He's in you. It's the same Jesus. By the Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is another helper. That word another means one just like Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is another helper, one just like Jesus, and he is here to do exactly the same things that Jesus did when he walked upon the earth. That's why the Holy Spirit is here. But it's not just in one person, so he's physically limited. He's in all of us. Every believer's got the Holy Spirit, therefore they get healing within them to give to someone else. Imagine that all over the world. If the whole church recognized, just imagine it all over Northampton. If every church in Northampton recognized, hey folks, we can go and heal the sick, we'd have a revolution. We'd probably have the National Health Service complaining that no more customers left. That would cut down the queues, wouldn't it? See, it's available, but it has to be received by faith. It's the grace of heaven. It's the grace of God. But Romans 5.2 says, We access grace by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Does anyone here want to please God? Well, some of you don't, but the sign. Does anyone here want to please God? Yes. Praise God for that. I thought I was in the wrong church. Look, we all want to please God. Well, faith pleases God. Without faith, we don't please God. Therefore, we've got to use that little bit of faith that we've got. Our little mustard seed can move a mountain. She as Reinhard Bonker said, it's 99% the Word of God, 1% my faith. That's all it is. So the issue is, not have I got enough faith, how do you know? Sometimes I feel like man's got a faith in power. Other days I wonder if I'm saved. So how do I know if I've got enough faith? I don't go by feelings. You see, that's the wrong question. Have I got enough faith? The question is, is the Bible true? That's the question I should be asking. Is the Bible true? Is God a liar or is he not? Is the Bible true or is it not? That's the question we should be asking. Now, have I got enough faith? I'm enjoying this. <laughs> Can we stand up a minute, please? 
See, when you pray for someone sick, or when you think of this in a different way, I don't know what you've done over the years, but, you know, there's always room for improvement. I'm always looking for different ways to get people healed. There's no one set formula. So this is just another way that you can add to your portfolio, okay? You can add this to your CV, okay? When it's for yourself, if you're sick, just get yourself quietly before God and remind yourself what Jesus has done in the cross. Remember on the cross, Jesus conquered the power of sin, sickness, and death, and he did it for me. Just remind yourself of that victory. That was done for you, okay? Then he can say this little prayer. Can you repeat this after me, please? Healing belongs to me. Because of what Jesus has done. I receive my healing now. In Jesus' name. Okay, you sit down now. So you can do that. When you pray for someone else, you can do the same thing. You see, I have discovered over the years that one of the hardest things about healing is it's not giving it to someone, it's getting the other person to receive. Because they're waiting to feel different in their body all the time and it's not always like that. Sometimes symptoms disappear straight away. Jesus, most of his healings were instantaneous healings. Praise God. But you see, Jesus was the Son of God. He had no sin in his life. He was a pure channel and he had no limit of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So I just think he might get a few more better results than us. Okay? Because we are impure channels and we've only got a measure of the Holy Spirit. So maybe we've got to pray for someone three or four times when Jesus only prayed once. Okay? But the thing is getting that person to receive. It's getting them to receive. For us, we've got to receive. I've told this before and I tell it again. When 30 years ago, when I was in a brain hemorrhage, we went into the hospital, we anointed with oil, and we'd been into this, praise God, before then. We anointed with oil, and Alison thank you, Father, I receive my healing now in Jesus' name. That was the Wednesday night. She looked no different, didn't feel any different. She went down to Radcliffe to have an operation on the Thursday. I got a phone call on the Friday morning. Mr. Nish, your wife is coming home. She's healed. How did she get healed? She received by faith in her spirit, not because she felt better in her body. All these good things come to us from God and we receive them in our spirits. So when we're praying for, we say, thank you God, I receive that now in Jesus' name. We've got it in our spirit. Mark 11.24 says this, Whatever things you ask for, when you pray, believe you have received them, and you will have them. You've got to believe you've got it before you get it. You see that? Believe you have received them, past tense, and you will have them. You've got to believe you've got it before you get it. In other words, it's not in the feeling realm. We receive it in our spirit and then it begins to manifest in the, in the physical realm. It's like when we go to the doctor and the doctor gives us pills, when does healing start? When we take the first pill. Focus on me. Forget about the back. Don't get distracted. When we go to the doctor and we get pills, we don't believe that our healing starts when we take the last pill. Healing begins when we take the first pill. 
But we don't just take that first pill, then leave it and not take the other pills. We go on to finish the course, don't we? So it's like that. If we will believe that we've received, it's like taking the first pill or believing a seed has been planted. We then thank God that healing is now taking place. And we keep thanking God and confessing God and taking the pills until all symptoms go. That's what we do. Instead of going to doctor whoever it is up the road, we're going to doctor Jesus, but the principles are the same. Okay? We've got to believe that we receive and keep watering that seed. See, when a seed goes into the ground, a farmer takes care of that seed and he waters it and weeds around it. He doesn't dig it back up. And it's so easy for us to dig the seed back up. But we've got to keep that seed planted and thank God it's down there and believe that seed's at work within us until the harvest comes. Because you see, a seed will produce a harvest. But if, we don't, if we've never planted any seed, how are we going to get a harvest? So we need to plant the seed to get a harvest. Praise God for that. You know, if you're on medication for things and God heals you, please don't stop taking your medication. Go back to the doctor. Let him see you don't need him any longer. You're healed. That's a witness to him. See, God uses doctors in all sorts, doesn't he? We're all on the same side. People say, well, am I supposed to go to God or the doctor? Yes. We're all on the same side fighting the same enemy called sickness and disease. It's not a matter either. Our God uses both. And so we're all in the same sight. But even when we go to the doctor, God's the source of our healing. The doctor might give you pills or whatever, but God's still the source of our healing because he's the healer, not the doctor. The doctor just helps to facilitate some things, but God is the healer. That's important. And throughout the whole process, you've got to keep your face switch on. Especially when you feel these things are hanging on your fingernails. You ever been there? You know, you think, dear God, I've gone too far. I can't get through. Just hang on to your fingernails at that time. Keep your confession going. Because it will lift. It will go. Because God's word is true. But you've got to keep your face switch on. And thanking and believing, confessing that something is happening within you. Sometimes it happens in seconds, sometimes a few hours, sometimes a few days, sometimes months. Sometimes it might take a couple of years, I don't know. But in that whole process, you're in a journey in your relationship with Jesus. And he'll be speaking to you on that journey. You see, healing like anything else, it's not a methodology, it's a relationship. And if God does point out some things in your life he wants you to get rid of a change, please do it. Because that'll speed up your healing process. So it's a relationship. It's not some kind of method. You know, I'm just so grateful that God so loved the world and gave us his only son. I'm so grateful for that. I wouldn't be here if he didn't. Neither would you. I'd be spending my Sunday morning doing something else and so would you. But because of God's great love towards us, he allowed Jesus to die in our place. And Jesus purchased all these benefits for us. And we are now God's much beloved sons and daughters 
that he wants to heal. Just think of it in this way. What imperfect earthly father wouldn't want his children healed if they were sick? Any fathers here? When your children are sick, do you want them healed? Well, if you're an imperfect father and you want them healed, how much more does a perfect father in heaven want his children healed? He definitely wants them healed. And Father God, like, like an earthly father, we want our children to trust us, do we not? And Father God wants us to trust him and his word. And hey, he wants to help us, he wants to work on our behalf. Whether it's dialectic from him or through a doctor or whatever, he is still the source and he wants to help us and he wants to make us whole. We're in that journey of wholeness. And it's possible to walk in the victory there because of what Jesus has done. And there's something to help our faith in this journey. It's called grace. You see, grace isn't just God's free and undeserved favor. Grace is also an active enabling power. Remember the Apostle Paul when he's crying out to be delivered in God's, you know, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. For me in my life, umpteen times every day, I start in the morning, God, I come to your throne of grace to receive grace to help me this day. And I soak in the grace of God throughout the day. I put my hands up, Father, more grace. I receive more grace. And I feel this active power of grace going into my spirit and strengthening me and enabling me. And whenever I feel my faith is weak, if I'm trying to believe God for something, if I feel my faith is failing me, because that's what it feels like sometimes, God, I can't quite manage this. I say, God, more grace to enable my faith. What that means, at the end of whatever I've been believing God for, I can't boast that I got that by my faith. No, I got it by God's grace. And God gets the glory. So there is an enabling power called grace that is here to enable our faith. So Father God, out of his great grace and love, gave us his son Jesus. And Jesus willingly came as the second Adam and took back what the first Adam lost. And we're now in a journey to wholeness. And we can walk in that victory in our own lives. And we can enforce that victory in the lives of others. Because God enables us by his grace to do these things as we walk with him. So healing and blessing and all of the good things are now available to us because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. The doors of heaven are open, but we need to receive all these blessings of grace by faith. Can we stand a moment, please? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Father, we honor the cross. We thank you for all you've done. Actually, while you're all here, could uh, you got a leaflet in this one as well? Could you just, could you just hand out the leaflets to everybody while we're...
probably you otherwise it's, it's a bit mixed up but it's thank you for the cross and all that Jesus did when he cried it is finished Father he did everything you asked him to do and we're so grateful for that Lord Jesus we honour you and healing is just one of the many benefits just give us more revelation of this wonderful truth that we're on that journey of being made whole to become more like you but we don't complete that journey until we get our resurrection bodies. Well, we're looking forward to that day. But Father, help us not to settle for where we are today, but to take little steps of faith in our own life, that we keep our own faith living and active, that we don't undervalue what Jesus did, but we receive heaven's benefits, so that not only we get blessed, we've got a testimony to share with others, and we in turn can also bless others. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I just like to pray with people in bad backs this morning. You just come to the front now. It's not a word of knowledge or anything else. I just said this in my heart. I want to just pray for them bad backs. Okay? Could the worship group come up, Jesse, please? Just worship the Lord. Father, take us to a deeper place. Lord, I just bind sickness and infirmity in this place today and just loose your Holy Spirit, God, that you would do something in our spirit, souls, and bodies. Lord, help us to become good receivers as well as good givers. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.